Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. It's film reviews and movie news with me, Stuart Pink, and a man inspired by movies and powered by peanuts. It's Mark Searby. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello, afternoon. Did you enjoy your lie in there? I know, slightly different time, but that's fine. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice to be on this uh, time. Hello to all new listeners as well. Um, He's back on drive. You I know, used to back drive on drive. Before. I did, yeah, yeah. Before You've been getting you up early about... all this time. I know, I know. Now back on drive. But hey, look, um, new time, still the same me and you. <laughs> I think that's time, same, to say. same movies, oh, no, different movies. Yes, same, yeah, same exactly. mark. Yes, same me. So, I mean, we've got a bumper crop of movies as well. You know, first week, obviously, on Drive here, we've got some really good movies to talk about, which is fantastic. Um, So we should probably jump straight in. Yes, yes, Oscar winner. Well, let's talk about it. So the first film, which is in cinemas now, it's been a long time coming. It was originally meant to come, I think, November. And then obviously, you know, I think there was a February date and then there was an April date. Anyway, it's now out this week. It's called The Father. It stars Anthony Hopkins. He won the Oscar for it as well, as we saw recently. It is um, all about him. He plays a man who refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. As he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. Ooh, this is a big tackle. A few films have tried this lately, haven't they? Well, do you know, this it's, kind of angle. yeah, it's you bring that up and it's a good point. There have been a few films recently that have tackled dementia. And I, I think about The Leisure Seeker starring Donald Sutherland, which I thought was OK, mm. but it didn't really get to grips with what it was trying to say about dementia. Um, and obviously there was that horror film that we reviewed earlier this year as well, which I, I wasn't a huge fan of at all. Um, it's not, you know, look, let's face it. Dementia is a difficult subject. It's a tough watch. Um, yeah. It's not a cheerful subject. Um so with The Father, it's a film that's dealing with dementia in a very different way to all others. So the film tells the story from the viewpoint of the person suffering from dementia. It doesn't flick between characters. Instead, it is solely focused on Anthony. And for for that, we, the viewer, basically, at least what I think is get pulled into his view of the world. And what I mean by that is because of Anthony's inability to remember things, we are also confused as some characters float in and out of the story, telling different stories, and it becomes confusing not okay. in a bad way. I've got to say, not in a bad way as well, because so people you're don't experiencing go, what he. That's might the thing. Experience. You're experiencing yeah. that, and I think it gives a greater understanding to how sufferers see the world day to day. And I had not seen that done before in film, and I'm I'm really impressed with the with how it's done, especially how it's been written in that regard as well. Um, mm. It's it's written and directed by Florin Zeller. It's actually adapted from his own play. Uh, and Christopher Hampton is is also involved there as well. And basically, they explore every single facet of Anthony's mind as he becomes confused by what he has and hasn't been told. So to hang the central viewpoint of the film from the sufferer's stance, I think is a masterful move and one that plays out so well because it gives mm. us a greater understanding of what Anthony is going through. And we haven't Amazing. seen that. It Brave really thing is. to do as well. It is, absolutely. Yes. And... You know, you saying brave thing there. It would only work, I think, if you had an actor in that role who totally understood what the character was going through. And we have that with Sir Anthony Hopkins as Anthony, basically. Um, yes. 
you know, I was thinking, I was watching it and I was thinking, well, this is clearly amazing. And I saw this way before the Oscars. Um, and I was thinking, this is absolutely amazing. I think it's his best work since Hannibal Lecter. Obviously, very different wow. uh, genre. Uh, yeah, slightly, slightly different. Yeah, vibe. exactly. But, you know, here, fragile, broken. He's putting on a brave face, but he knows something's wrong with him, but he can't understand it. Honestly, absolutely magnificent performance from Anthony Hopkins. One that deserves, obviously, all the plaudits, all the awards as well. Yes. Um, did he write for it, didn't he? He did, yeah, absolutely. And I've got to say as well, um, there's a monologue that he gives right at the end of the film that just absolutely broke me. And everybody I know who has wow. seen this film talks about this monologue right at the end. It is heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but that's the brilliance of Anthony Hopkins. You know, start to finish yes. in this film, stunning performance, shows that he is a true master of his craft, uh, still on display here, you know, um, even obviously in his older age, still giving performances like this, absolutely splendid. And, and now, obviously, you were saying about, we have films previously about dementia and everything, and we have reviewed films in the past that have been coming of age stories as well. So yeah. what is the opposite of a coming of age story? Well, it's kind of this. It's kind of the father, you know, a the going of age. Yeah, sort of the opposite effect. Yes, uh, exactly. And film. only a handful of films have done that, really. Yet, I'm going to say this now. We're going to get loads more now. Absolutely. After the success of The Father, we're going to get loads more. I will say this. Don't bother. This is the pinnacle. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody is bettering <laughs> this film. This is masterful wow. filmmaking, amazing acting. The story is utterly riveting and incredibly heartbreaking as well. This is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Della cast as well. Yeah, Olivia Colman is in there as well. Um, yeah, Rufus Sewell is in there. Yeah, it, it's just, a, this is the thing. It's a small cast, but it's a great cast. And Florin Zeller, um, the director, had wanted Anthony Hopkins to play the role. However, Hopkins wasn't available. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to wait. So I think he I'll waited wait three oh, or four wow. years. Um, so, yeah, I know, but it just shows you it's worth the wait. It's certainly paid off. So this is oh, out in cinemas? It is, yes. Cinemas only. Fab. What else we got? Uh, so exclusively on Shudder, the horror streaming platform, we have... It's not a brand new film. Well, it is a brand new film, but it's not from horror legendary horror director George A. Romero, who sadly passed away several years ago. This is called Amusement Park. It is about an elderly man who goes for what he assumes to be an ordinary day at an amusement park, only to find himself in the middle of a hellish nightmare instead. Oh, has he been to Adventure Island as well, has he? <laughs> there were a few similarities when I was watching it, I've got to be honest, yes. Uh, so the background to this film, okay, is that uh, in 1973, George Romero was commissioned to make a film for the Lutheran Society. They basically wanted to make a movie about how elders are being forgotten about. Romero took their money, made a film, and they were so aghast about what he had made <laughs> that they never released it. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Then in 2018, an original print was found. Um, it was restored by Romero's uh, estate. Now Shudder have bought it and it's available on their thing. And I've got to say, watching this film now, it doesn't quite have the same impact as what I imagine the Lutherans felt when they first watched it. Yeah. Um, so when was this actually shot? So this was 1973. Oh, wow. Blimey. 
So you can imagine (laughs) that's the thing. Yeah, it's been sat there and obviously, you know, so much has changed since then as well. I will say watching it as a piece of work from Romero, it fits better into his filmography. It's very much in keeping with Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. It is a sort of it's a it's a slow moving movie about certain set of characters that ultimately leads to a shocking realization. So the film opens with a man talking to camera about the subject matter at hand. It then flips to this sort of vague narrative feature film that follows a, a white hair and bearded man in a scruffy white suit as he wanders around the amusement park while it is packed with people. Now, along the way, he stops and talks to people. But the reaction he receives between him talking to children and then to his own age is massive. It's such a big difference. And, you know, that's the point of what the Lutherans were tr- were wanting with okay. their film is that the older generation are being abandoned or being talked down to. Mm. However, George Romero decided, you know what, I'm going to try and make a film that's a bit like a zombie movie. Um, and <laughs> I mean, towards the end, uh, the gentleman who is the, the main focus is seen wandering around aimlessly in the empty amusement park. And you have, and you kind of watch it and you go, is he confused? Is he lost? Is he just enjoying the peace and quiet? It is not a question that is answered. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, they, they leave that open. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things here that are open for interpretation. Certainly now, probably not back in 1973, but certainly now. I think what we have with Amusement Park is an oddity in Romero's career. You know, it's got all of his directorial hallmarks in there. So if you love zombie movies, uh, love his zombie movies, or if you love uh, Martin, which is the film that he made, or The Crazies, then I think you'll really like this. Um, as a standalone film I don't think it works quite well it's a bit too surreal it's a bit too alienating maybe but you know Mm. look let's face it that's what Romero was doing anyway and that's why watching this film with his filmography in mind I think makes it a much more accomplished piece I think Romero fans will really enjoy this curio piece from from him as I said those who don't really know Romero stuff um are probably going to find this a little bit out of the ordinary and a, a little bit yeah. maybe too art house. But it is an interesting, curious piece. It really is. Yeah, quite short as well. 50 minutes. Yes. Yeah, dedicate absolutely. Dedicate too much time to it. No. And do you know what? It packs so much in in those 50 minutes. It does feel like a full-flowing narrative film. And it yeah. is bookended by this man talking to camera. So ultimately, you've got probably about 45 minutes of film. Yeah. And, you know, that's not not something that we expect to see, Um, but it is. Easy watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a very curious film. Very curious. Was this one of the first times we saw a zombie filming in the amusement park? That seems to have become a thing over the years. Well, that's a good question. It's probably, I mean, it's not a a zombie movie in the traditional sense. That's the thing, you know. Okay. As I said a minute ago, you can take different things away from this. Not quite Zombieland. Yeah, it's not quite (laughs) Zombieland. Yeah, absolutely. But you could still see it as, you know, the the older generation shuffling around, being ignored, uh, trying to uh, find their way. Um, and I, I think that's what Romero was trying to do, but at the same time, maybe veering towards the zombie movie that he had made previously with Night of the Living Dead, and then obviously went on to make Dawn of the Dead. So it is a movie that, if you look further than what is just on screen, you could say, yes, maybe it is on some level a zombie movie. Yeah. But when you just look at it, you go, okay, it's kind of an it's kind of a 
well, I don't know. This is the thing. As I said, it's a curious piece. It's a curo piece. Um, one that I think some people will really like. Some people will just think, I don't know what he's made here. This is very strange. For some people, it's to loop the loop. Others, it's the dodgems. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> We've got two more DVDs to do. We have. Fire up, fire up the Blu-ray player. Uh, yes. You're going to get us a wristband for Adventure Island. Fantastic. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Film reviews and movie news. Mark Searby's still with me. What have we got on the DVDs, Mark? So on Blu-ray this week, we've got a film called Lake Mungo. It is... Uh, so, so the synopsis here reads, Strange things start happening after a girl is found drowned in a lake. Oh. So before oh I talk about the film... I'm, good, I'm just going to give you a brief history of, of this film, basically. So when it was first released in Australia, this was, I think, 12 years ago now, um, it started to, to gain a reputation around the festival circuit as one to look out for. And then basically that noise grew louder and louder and louder until many of the UK horror community were basically importing the DVD. I include myself in that oh, as well. okay. Cost me about £30, I think. Um, <laughs> then... The film eventually got a UK DVD release a, a couple of years later, if I recall. Um, and, and by that time, people had forgotten about it because it had been so difficult to track down and it had been passed on. Well, now, not anymore. Now, one of the scariest horror films of recent times can finally be seen by anybody uh, because it is now finally on Blu-ray. And, you know, there's me saying it's one of the scariest films of recent times. I mean that. I yeah. genuinely oh, mean oh this, okay? And when you say it's scary, it is scary. It scared the pants off me. It genuinely <laughs> did. So the film itself is actually a mockumentary where it interviews the family of the deceased girl months after she has drowned. It also includes camera footage that has been set up in the house and then also found on the deceased girl's phone after she buried it in the Australian outback. So Ooh. it does have a touch of found footage about it as well. Haunted phone. Well, ah, no. So, I don't want to say too much there. Um, but it is the way that the story is told and the way that the reveals happen that are the most terrifying thing in this movie. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? That's not strictly true. The single most terrifying thing is the still image that the family find on her daughter's mobile phone. I had not seen this movie in maybe five or six years, and I rewatched it recently, obviously, to, for this review. But I remember all too well that image. It's just burned in his eyes. It, it is. Abso it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it continued to haunt me. And then watching it again, I watched it uh, two weekends ago, and I have to say it brought it all flooding back. And you haven't slept since. Uh, do you know what? Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, it did disturb me because of what it represents, because of the image, the way that it is, and also because of what they find out with that image. Um, so the, the first haunting image turns up about 45 minutes into the film. Uh, and I, I mean, I was just frozen to the sofa when that happened, you know, th and this is the way that the film plays out. It makes you freeze. It makes you go cold. It makes you worried. And when horror films are done right, that's the experience you want to get. That's Lake... what some people enjoy, isn't it? Exactly. Lake <laughs> Mungo has it in buckets. It really does. I, I, you know, I'm trying so hard not to give away too much in terms of story or plot or twist because each piece of the puzzle is really shocking. 
it, you know, it really will have you scared all the way through. And I have to say a lot of that is to do with the very natural acting from the core cast. They're not mm. known actors. And that's why okay. it feels so much more real because it you're looks watching, like a documentary from the trailer. See, it's, it yeah, feels like a, it. a Netflix true crime documentary. It's like the type of thing you would watch on Netflix. However, it is an actual feature film as well. So, you know, it's, it's got all of this going for it. So if you love horror and haven't seen this film, Lake Mungo is what it's called, then rectify it immediately. Because as I said, this is one of the scariest horror films of recent times. And I'm not joking about that either. I'm really not. Yeah. I must watch for horror fans. I must not watch for anyone who's <laughs> Yeah, no, the thing is, me. obviously, well, you're, you don't like the jump scares and, you know, the, the blood and everything else like that. But you said, you've told me before, you like the ghosty stuff. And, I, yeah, I do quite like a little ghosty. Yeah, I yeah. think I think this is probably a touch too much for you, to be honest. I, I do. I, I think you probably won't make it past 50 minutes. If you see me and I look like I haven't slept for a month, I've tried. <laughs> I mean, try it. Absolutely. Do try it. But I mean, the, in terms of ghost stories, this is this is a high watermark. It really is. Um, yeah. And also just to add an addendum to this, Lake Mungo is the director's only film. He has all but disappeared. And I'm not joking either. Look no. at his IMDb. What? Seriously, look at his well, IMDb. Actually, Dis- he made this film. Oh, yeah. He then He's co-directed a-, a short film. Nobody has been in contact with the man since this film came out and premiered at some Australian film festivals. This Ooh. this new release that came out this week is a bumper crap. It's got loads and loads of special features. He is not involved. He's still in the lake, is he? Oh, my God. That's a bit worrying, isn't it? Well, yes. 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 Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I know. And that it's just like adds, all over again. It, it just adds to the mystery, doesn't it? It just adds to the mystery. Maybe he is the ghost in the film and he's not even a real person. I, look, there's lots of mysteries around this film. There really is beyond just watching it. You know, oh. there's, there's things going around it. Yeah, it's 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 a strange one. It really. I wish is. I'd brought a big cushion with me. <laughs> I freaked you out, and it's only Friday afternoon. <laughs> what we got next, Mark? Uh, so we've got another horror film, uh, which is out oh, on no. DVD and Blu-ray. I know. Sorry, I know you're not a horror <laughs> film fan. Sorry, it just seems to be the week for it. We've got a film called The Stylist. Oh, okay. It's just about bad haircuts, right? <laughs> so this is about a lonely hairstylist who becomes obsessed with the lives of her clients and descends into a murderous madness. Oh, that's yes. really odd, but a lady. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's a good shout, actually. Um, it was originally a short film. Then, obviously, they, they got the budget to make it into a feature-length movie. And it really shows because I think the film struggles to widen the storytelling throughout. I mean, it's great opening. And you want it to go out and have a big story to tell with Claire, who is the stylist, at the centre of it. However, it doesn't have enough storyline to keep it running for one hour and 45 minutes. It feels very drawn out. It Mm. looks like it's struggling with its elongated time frame. It does go round and round with the same angle of storytelling from most of the middle third of the film. I think the film needed to be able to go further than just a few grisly killings. Um, yeah, you, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that this film really does struggle to take its short story and make it longer and more interesting. So it started off as a short and then they've extended it. But... Yeah, which, you know, happens. It does happen. That's happened to a lot. Um, yeah. And some people are able to uh, elongate that short story and make it into a, a reasonable 
you know time frame and make it a decent feature film. This one, not so much. I've got to be honest. There is an interesting angle at play in the film because these kills are all done by by a very shy and timid woman. She's an introvert basically until she snaps and then takes off people's hair in the most bloody of ways. Now, the question that is posed in this film is, because it is an introverted woman doing all the killings and the stalkings and the intimidation, you know, we don't actually get that sense of shock that we would do if it was a man doing it, which obviously we've seen so many times in horror films through the years instead. So instead, the film is asking us to really identify if seeing these gruesome actions committed by a shy, timid woman have the same devastating effect on us, the viewer, as we were watching it, if it was a sadistic man doing it, you know, okay. or a sadistic female. So a bit of a social um, experiment at the same time. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's a role reversal um, there as well. Um, you know, entirely different idea there as well. I think it's uh, it's an interesting idea. I think the film is nicely put together. It does look quite stylish as well. I've got to say that. It, it looks nice. But when the storyline can't get further than its original short film Origins, and that ultimately the, the killer's modus operandi isn't as clear as it could be, I think that's when the film really struggles. That's, mm. that's the mm. issue with it. So has is, is it put you off getting your hair cut or, or <laughs> changed your plans? No, it's fine. It's fine. I have to say it's perfectly fine. It's not his job then, is it? Surely you should watch that and go, I'm never cut my hair again. I don't trust anybody. It's a slightly different um, thing than that. You know, it's, it's not the barber or as you said, Sweeney Todd. It's not Sweeney Todd. <laughs> it's a slightly different storyline going on here. This is on DVD if, if you fancy it. Is, it is, yeah. DVD and Blu-ray. Awesome. What have we got uh, to watch on the telly box this weekend? Uh, so there is the UK TV premiere of The Big Sick which is on Sunday night at 11pm on BBC Two. Uh, it's the true story of um, the relationship between Kumel Nanjiani, who most might know from Silicon Valley, the TV show, or he's going to be in Inter- uh, Eternals, the Marvel show, uh, oh, Marvel yes. film later this year. It's the true story of him and his wife's relationship, which is basically he's a stand-up comedian. He falls in love with this woman. However, his Pakistani heritage causes a problem. Then one day... Emily falls into a coma and Kumail must deal with her parents as he attempts to navigate cultural differences and bringing her around as well. It is one of the most entertaining rom-coms I've seen in many years. It's got a few gut punches of emotions along the way as well. Kumail Nanjiani is, as always, very funny. Um, It's it's just from, you know, top to bottom, it's really fun. Um, obviously, there is that angle of uh, cultural divide in there and how they can bridge that as well. It's mm. the type of film that will leave you feeling upbeat about life and love. Nice. It's got the legendary Ray Romano in this. Ray, well. Yes. Love, love yes. Ray. Yeah. You know, it's it's got a really good cast. It's it's really well put together. It's, a, it's such a fun movie. Awesome. Where, where and when is this on? So BBC Two, 11pm on Sunday night. It's in the planner. Excellent. Nice. And what we got to do next week? So next week, we've got a new film from Disney Animated Studios called Luca, which is going to be in cinemas oh. and on Disney+. Plus. We've also got uh, a documentary called The Reason I Jump, which is all about sound. Uh, we Then on DVD and Blu-ray, we're going to be talking about Godzilla versus Kong, which hits DVD and Blu-ray. Obviously, it's in cinemas oh, now. Yes. And then also we're going to be talking about SAS, Red Notice, which I think is a spin-off of the Sky TV show, to be honest with you. Uh, they made oh, a feature yeah. film uh, recently, so that's on DVD and Blu-ray. So we're going to be talking about that. 
SAS will be abseiling into the building next week. <laughs> Quick, lock that window. I know it's a small window, but they'll still get through it. <laughs> I was going to say, if they can't get in here, I don't fit anyway, they'll get in anyway. <laughs> awesome. See you next week, Mark. Will do. Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby.